0: Hello, everyone. Hey, welcome to Summit Church Fenton Online. I'm glad you've joined me today. I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. Hey, I'm uh, conducting a series here on lessons we can learn from Jesus's 12 apostles. And uh, uh, we've covered Peter, and we've covered John. And last week, I started uh, uh, going over Judas Iscariot. And uh, we're going to continue with him today. I think we'll finish him up. But uh a lot of good lessons from him last week um that we learned, but I'm gonna learn some more on him today. Uh but I I want to go to our opening text, Luke chapter six, uh verses twelve to sixteen. Uh, and let's read here. It says, uh, now it came to pass in those days that Jesus went to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself and from them he chose twelve whom he also named apostles. And then it gives their names. And remember your assignment by the time I finish this series is to be able to name all twelve of Jesus' apostles and, 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 you know, know a little something about each one of them. And uh, and I believe you'll be able to do to do that if you've been following along with me. But uh, uh, Simon, verse fourteen, Simon, who Jesus also named Peter, Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon called the Zealot, Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who also became a betrayer. And of course, two Judases. But we're centering in on. The infamous one, Judas Iscariot. And, uh, like I said, we picked up, uh, with him last time. And so I want to, want to, or we started him last time. I want to pick up with him again today. Lessons we can learn from Judas Iscariot. And, uh, uh I-, I talked last time. Let me just give you a little review here about, uh, why did Jesus choose Judas if he knew he was going to betray him? Now, I covered that last time, uh, so if you missed that, go back to our archives and you can can catch up on that. But I, uh, one of the lessons we learned last time is the thing you take in exchange for Jesus will ultimately become of no value to you. And remember that happened with those 30 pieces of silver that Judas took in exchange for Jesus it ultimately became of no value to you. And I covered that last time. We also, last time we learned the uh, the lesson of predestination versus free will. And we found that the answer to that dilemma, that age old dilemma was, uh, the answer to that was found in God's foreknowledge. We saw that G- uh, Judas operated with complete and total free will. Uh, we We noted how God could write in the Old Testament, about things that Judas would do before he ever did them, but it didn't violate Judas's free will, and everything he did was of his own free will. We we noted that last time, and much we said about that. Uh, uh, we also noted last time the love of money can cost you your eternal soul, as it did Judas. Uh, and uh also brought out last time that uh in Jesus choosing Judas Iscariot to be one of the 12 apostles, we learn that God gives opportunity to everyone, even to those he knows beforehand will reject and betray him. We also noted last time that, uh, and it was in our opening reading here today, that Judas Iscariot became a traitor. And I said some, I, th- I think some real good things to you about that last time. So again, if you missed that, uh, it'd be good to go back and catch up on on, on that on our archives, but uh, it is it, it's, it's clear to me that he started out as an unsavory person, but uh, but uh, it appears to me that Judas was not initially who he became ultimately. Uh, that word became became a traitor has to do with something that develops over time. And said much about that last time, so if you missed it, like I said, you can go back and check up. But let's pick up now with the new material on Judas. And here's a lesson. Again, we're looking at lessons we can learn from Jesus's 12 apostles. And here's a lesson. Don't be two-faced. Don't be two-faced. And Judas was. He, he was two-faced. And, and we know that because he betrayed Jesus. And, and actually, if you look at it, he betrayed Jesus, uh, for 30 pieces of silver. But actually, when he came up, remember, he brought those, 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 uh, authorities out to arrest Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane. And he betrayed Jesus with a kiss. Now, in, in the Old Testament times there, you know, that's how uh, uh, people would greet one another and Christians and whatnot would greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, it wasn't a sexual kiss, nothing sexual about it. It was a, a kiss of greeting as you would, you know, come up to somebody that's your friend and perhaps kiss him on the cheek or maybe on the forehead or whatever. But um, uh, uh, but Judas, when when he brought the authorities out to the Garden of Gethsemane to uh, have Jesus arrested... Uh, remember he, uh, you could read it in the Bible, where he, he, the, the signal to, uh, the authorities that he was good, he said, the one I kissed, that's the one and he walked up and, and, and kissed Jesus, and Jesus, you know, said, you know, to him, are you, you know, friend, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? And, uh, and so, so, but the thing of it is, is that Judas was two-faced. He was one way, to Jesus's face and another way behind his back. And so, you know, he 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 betrayed him with a kiss, but it was, you know, it was known as a holy kiss, but this kiss wasn't holy at all. It was it was an unholy kiss that, that Judas gave because it was a kiss of betrayal. And uh and it's a sad thing. And uh you know, in pastoring for over 3 decades, really, 27 years at the Summit Church, uh, you know at our location on New Sugar Creek continue now online but dealing with so many people over over so many years because I was in the ministry before that and dealing with so many people I tell you what one of the most troublesome things that I found yes among Christians I mean you you expect this among sinners you know worldly sinners but you don't expect this among Christians but I tell you what, one of the most troublesome things that I've seen among Christians and, and so many good Christians. Now, let me make it clear. So many good people I've dealt with over the years. So many good, wonderful people. But I tell you what, there's a fair number of them that that I've had to deal with. And any pastor has had to deal with that are uh, that are two faced. They're two faced. And it's very troublesome to me. Uh, I've had, I've had several people, quite, quite a good number of people over the years, they had a kiss for my cheek and a knife for my back. <laughs> I want to say that again. They had a kiss for my cheek, but a knife for my back. And I think any pastor can say that, and, and you don't have to be in the ministry and be a pastor to say that. I think anybody listening, you know, <laughs> you've probably had that. You know, it's, it's always tougher when it's a friend. You know, that, you know, that's, it, I mean, when Judas betrayed Jesus, it was, it was, it was, it was, you know, what, what must that have done to Jesus? I knew he knew ahead of time that Judas was a betrayer, but still, Judas ate, the Bible's clear, Judas ate, you see it at the Last Supper, Judas was eating bread with Jesus. You know, it's one thing when somebody you don't know does something, or you don't know well does something, you know, to you that to betray or whatever. But, but, uh, when a close friend does it, oh my gosh. And, uh, and, and that happened to Jesus. It probably, maybe it's happened to you. Uh, you know, it's, it's happened to me on occasion over the years. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I've had, I've had a few of those unholy kisses, you know, uh, where someone, like I said, will have a kiss for my cheek and a knife for my back. You know, I, I don't like that. I, I just, I, I don't like it. Uh, I, 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 I've done my best to never be that way myself. Uh, and I don't like it when people are that way to me. I mean, I've said for years, if you got something to say to me, just say it. Just tell me, I, you're good, bad, ugly, whatever, you know, if it's good, bad, or ugly, whatever the case, just look me in the eye and tell me. Uh, you know i i i can i I can deal with that, but it's just when when people are one way to your face and another way behind your back, and I've dealt with this you know and 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 christian I'm talking christian spirit filled tongue talking christians will to me to my face and then and the next thing you know. Behind their, behind your back, they're talking about you. I've even had the Holy Spirit a few times over the years t- tell me in prayer, so and so saying such and such about you, about you and your wife. And then they'll come into church, you know, and they'll, and the Holy Ghost already, t- you know, speak to, right, speak to your heart. Tell it on t- 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 several occasions. And yet those same people come right in, and, oh pastor, oh pastor, oh pastor. And, uh, <laughs> And then, and then time bears it out that, that just what, what the Holy Ghost, you know, shared with me that they were gossiping on me or telling things that weren't so, it comes out. And, you know, it's just, it's just not true stuff. Just, just, just a bunch of, I just get aggravated with it. And, uh, there, I tell you, Christians all act that way. Not all, these things should not ought to be so. We as Christians, I tell you what, we ought to walk in love. Walk in love towards one another. Believe the best about one another. Not gossip, backbite, be two-faced. I say two-faced, I've seen some three, four, five, six-faced Christians. I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. I tell you, let's don't be this way. You know, if, if somebody disgruntles us, let's go do what the Bible says and go to them, go right to them and tell them. Lovingly, tell them, you know, hey, you, you you tiffed me off. You did this, you did that, I didn't like it. You know, square the thing up. But don't, don't be to somebody's face and then knife them in the back. You know, don't do that. Just got something against somebody, like I said, do what the Bible says. Go go confront them lovingly and talk it through. But anyway, lesson we should learn from Judas. I get riled up on this because I've had it done to me and I've had it done, I've seen it done to a lot of Christians and other good ministers over the years. That just, the Lord's not pleased with it when people act that 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 way, when they're two-faced. Say one thing to your face, something else behind your back. just, I don't like it, and God doesn't like it either. You can see that in, in the Holy Bible. He don't like it. And so uh, if you're doing that, repent, okay? And uh, But it's a lesson we learn, not to be two-faced. But here's another lesson we learn. Jesus, in dealing with that two-faced Judas Iscariot, who came out there and, and kissed Jesus, betrayed him with that Kiss, what I, I call an unholy kiss, because it was a kiss of betrayal. Yet we learn this lesson, and we all need to learn this lesson. If you've ever been betrayed by a friend who, you know, had a kiss for your cheek and a knife for your back, Jesus, here's a lesson Jesus still called Judas his friend. Now you think about that. Boy, that's a lesson for all of us. It's a lesson I've had to learn over the years. When somebody has a kiss for your cheek and a knife for your back, Jesus still called Jesus friend and we need to be like Jesus. Absolutely, be like Jesus. It's easier said than done, but we can do it because the love of God, if you're born again, the love of God's been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit And you can love with that, the love of God. Absolutely, with the same love Jesus loved with. It's his love. And so those who betray us, let's do what Jesus did and call them friend. I know the flesh doesn't like to do it, but we keep the flesh under, amen, and just do what God says, all right? Now, here's something else. Go to John 12 that we're learning. We're learning lessons from these apostles. Today, Judas Iscariot. John 12, verse 1. Learn a good lesson here. Judas teaches us not to call worship waste. He teaches us not to call worship waste. John 12 verse uh, 1. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus, who had been dead, uh, uh, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. Remember, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Uh, there they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus uh, was one of those who sat at the table with him. Well, I would have had some questions for Lazarus, wouldn't you? Anyway, then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with fragrance, the fragrance of the oil. This was her worship unto Jesus. This was worship. It was costly. It, she gave... The Lord, something that cost her much. I one, I think I studied this out one time. It was about a year's salary what this was worth. You think about that. And she gave it to the Lord Jesus and anointed him and poured that upon him. And, and one of his disciples, verse uh, 4, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. Now, what he was doing here was he was, of course, remember what I've been telling you over and over again, Judas was after that money. He wanted that money, okay? He, money, he he wanted, he stole it from the treasury of Jesus. He was, he wanted that, he wanted that, that fragrant oil sold and put in that money box so he could get his hands on it. But this was her worship unto the Lord Jesus. And she was anointing him for burial. And, and much we could say, you know, uh, and all. if I'm not mistaken, that's what she was doing here. And Anyway, but the point is, this was her worship. This was her worship, okay, unto the Lord Jesus. Costly, Co- very costly, Okay. And she, she, she gave that to the Lord. And Judas was calling it waste. That she was wasting it. Now, how can you ever waste anything giving it to the Lord Jesus? You absolutely cannot. You absolutely cannot. And she was giving Jesus something that was, that, that cost her much. That was valuable to her and precious. And it was a holy, holy thing. But Judas was essentially calling it waste. And we learn a lesson here. We should never call someone's worship waste. But I want to say a little bit more about this. Say it maybe a little bit different way. Don't ever belittle another's worship to God. Don't ever be judgmental. See, Judas was being judgmental here. Don't ever be judgmental of another's worship to God. And I've seen this done over the years and I tell you what, I I, I had the, the Holy Spirit deal with me years ago about this and he had to correct me on some things as I began in the pastorate, pastoring and watching people and you know standing up on the stage and looking out as a congregation would worship, as a worship team would play and and I would look and some people would be just so, you know, they'd raise their hands and the Bible says lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting and some people would raise their hands to the Lord. Some people would hop around and some people would dance around and some people would, uh, you know, do the, do the, you know, they just stand there with their hands crossed like that with their eyes closed and they were not very demonstrative. And early on I'd look and I thought, well, you know, you know, I'd I begin to look out at that, you know, and, and I should have been standing there worshiping the Lord myself, but I was, you know, I'd look out and, you know, just kind of look and observe and I'd see that some were very exuberant. Some would sing, some would just stand there. And and I began to become judgmental of, you know, I thought, well, the ones that are jumping up and down, they must there be worshiping the Lord. And the ones that are just standing there quiet, they must not be. And, uh, and and then in the process of time, you'd begin to think, think maybe a little bit less of the ones that were not very exuberant in their worship. And, uh, you know, c- come to find out, you know, pastoring over some length of time, you, you'd see that some of those people that were jumping up and down and going on, you know, they weren't really living all that close to the Lord outside the church. And some of those that, that stood there and they were unexuberant, they had a much closer walk with the Lord when you'd see them outside the church than those people that were jumping up and down. And some of the people jumping up and down, now they were close to the Lord, don't get me wrong. The point is, is that that who am I to pass judgment on how people worship the Lord? And the Lord had to correct me on some things and 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 we learned a lesson here from Judas, don't ever belittle someone else's worship to the Lord. Whether they're exuberant or whether they're not. Now the you know, I mean who who are we to judge? We just need to just you know worship the Lord ourselves, right? And, and just let other people do what they're gonna do. But uh but but I had to learn a lesson and you don't ever belittle uh another one's worship to the Lord, you know? And uh uh I I I know that some some years back we had a certain lady come to the church. And she attended for several weeks and uh, visited, and she was just very, just exuberant, just exuberant in her worship to the Lord. And I know after the service, much to, after she had left, much to my amazement, I had several people come up to me and say, "Oh, Pastor Terry, we're just so we're we just so 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 uh, uh, we we just didn't feel just didn't feel comfortable with her the way she was 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 acting there, and well, she just." Worshiping the Lord with the fruit of her lips and was, she was a bit loud and going on. But I tell you what, uh, I tell you, you study the Bible, heaven, when they worship the Lord, it's, it, it's not quiet. It's, it's like The Bible said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I tell you what, heaven's, heaven's, it can be a noisy place. They're worshiping God. But people came to me. Some did and said, you know, well, we're just so sorry that she acted that way. Well, I wasn't. I was thrilled with, with it. But see, we gotta be, We got it, but it's not up to whether I'm thrilled or not. Was God blessed with it? And I would have to say it was. She was worshiping the Lord, in my opinion, from her heart. The point is, it's not up to us to judge other people's worship. That's between them and the Lord. And I'll tell you what, if you want to get crosswise with the Lord, you just start judging other people's worship. I tell you what, you'll get crosswise crosswise with him right quick, and you don't want to be crosswise with the Lord. Okay, so what do we learn from Judas? He was belittling this woman's worship and her offering. Don't ever belittle someone's worship. See, our worship is an offering to God. Don't ever belittle that or 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 make light of it. You just mind your own business and worship in the Lord. Let others worship the way they worship. Okay, you understand that? But I've had to learn, and the Lord had to, you know, jerk some slack out of me. And got on me early on, and even to the point where I I stopped standing up on the stage. I went and just stood on the front row because I I don't, don't want to judge anybody's worship. And let me tell you right now, just cause somebody I want to say it again, just cause somebody's jumping up and down. Doesn't mean they're right with the Lord during worship, all right? Because some of those people that, that are jumping up and down, like I said, sometimes those people are walking closer to God than the people jumping up and down. And then again, some people jumping up and down, they are close with the Lord. Again, let's don't judge that. It's not our place. Okay? So, I hope I made myself clear on that. But I get, get passionate on these things. Uh, but the Lord had, Lord had teach me that lesson many years ago. I learned that a long time ago. You don't judge other people's worship, but that's what Judas was doing. So let's learn a lesson from him. Now, here's something else we learned from Judas that we should give no place to the devil. We don't yield or cooperate with him. Uh, you know, it, now, now here's the thing: it's clear that Judas was entertaining the devil's thoughts. Okay, Satan uh, had put things in Judas's heart before he actually entered Judas. Now. Uh, and, 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 it's so, it's so true. John 13, 2 says the supper being ended, this last supper, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray Jesus. See, I think the devil could see that Judas had some traitor tendencies. We saw that last time, in the last session. But before that last supper, the devil, Satan had already begun putting thoughts in Judas's heart. The Bible just told us that in John 13 too. And the devil had started working on Judas and working on Judas and working on Judas. It's clear he had, it says again, and supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray Jesus. See, the devil put those things in Judas's heart. See, Judas had traitor tendencies. There's no question about it. But but I tell you what, uh the devil got involved. And and he started putting things in, in in Judas's mind, and it got into his heart. See that it, see it said it got into his heart. But something can't get into your heart unless it first gets into your mind, and then you start entertaining it, and you entertain it long enough, it'll get down into your heart. So so it's not like Judas, um, it's not like Satan just entered Judas right there at the at the, at at the Last Supper. Satan had been working on Judas for no doubt quite some time. And, and, and putting thoughts in his head, in his, in his, in his mind. And Judas had entertained those. And over the process of time, they got down into his heart. And then the Bible says in Luke 22-3, right there at the Last Supper, then Satan entered Judas. Now you think about that. He, Judas there for that moment of time, that, 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 that time, it's, the Bible said Satan entered him. See, he didn't start out by entering him. He started out by getting hold of his mind. long, Quite a long time before this, no doubt. And then Judas entertained it. Those thoughts to betray Jesus got into his heart. And then he had given himself completely over. And when he did, then Satan entered him and he became demon-possessed. My goodness, because the Bible said Satan entered him. You think about that. My gosh, Satan entered Judah, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. You think about that. You see, Peter. Remember in the session we we covered on Peter, when when Jesus looked at him. Remember, Peter rebu- began to rebuke Jesus when Jesus said he was going into Jerusalem and he's going to be betrayed and and put to death and all of that. And and and, and Peter said, "Not so, Lord." And and remember. Uh uh Jesus said to Peter he said get behind me Satan but he wasn't talking to Peter he was talking to the devil who was influencing Peter see Peter never he, he, he didn't entertain the, the thoughts that the devil was hitting him with like Judas did but Judas entertained the thoughts and like I said they got in his heart and it got to a point where he opened himself up completely to the devil and the devil entered him and he went out, he cooperated with the devil and he went out and betrayed Jesus. What's the lesson? Don't give any place to the devil. Don't yield or cooperate with him in any way. And let me tell you something about the devil. He starts out with the mind. A little thought here, a little thought there. The Bible calls them fiery darts. A little thought here, a little thought there. You entertain them long enough. You entertain thoughts long enough I tell you what, they can get down into your heart and ultimately you can, you can act them out. I tell you what, it's not good. So don't yield to the devil. The Bible says that we should should cast down vain imaginations and take authority over, over our thought life. And when the devil runs something your way that doesn't line up with the word of God, just give no place to it. Just, just cast it down, have, have no no part with it. Because it never winds up good. Never, never, never. Let's learn that lesson from Judas Iscariot, okay? And then another lesson we learn here is about repentance versus regret. Repentance versus regret. Now, it's interesting. Peter, remember we covered it uh, in the session with Peter, under pressure, in the heat uh, of the moment, so to speak, he denied Jesus three times, okay? Okay? But he, Peter, repented. He really, really did. The Bible says in Luke 22, 62 that Peter went out after he denied Jesus three times. He went out and he wept bitterly, which is, which shows that he's repenting. Okay? But he, he denied Jesus three times, but it was, it was something, it was terrible, terrible what he did. Absolutely. But, but, but as I see it, it was, it was like under pressure in the heat of the moment. That he did it but but the point here is he went out and he, re, he really repented. Judas, on the other hand, committed a cold and calculated act against Jesus. It was cold and calculated, and he betrayed him. He wanted to get that money, and there's other reasons i 'm quite sure why he did it. you know Jesus perhaps was going in a direction with his ministry that that that, that uh, Judas didn't want it to go, and, and, and I don't know all the reasons for sure, but I do know that in Matthew 27, verse 3, I do know that unlike Peter, Judas didn't repent after he betrayed Jesus. Look at this. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Classic here in Matthew 27, verse 3. When Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned because he had betrayed him, and uh sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. But when he saw, when Judas saw that Jesus was condemned, Judas was afflicted in mind and troubled for his former folly and with remorse. Now the King James uses the word repent, but the Greek word is not repent like what Peter did, but it's remorse. And I like the way the ampl- Amplified Classic uh gives, gives this uh, definition, this meeting about remorse here. Here's what Judas did with little more than a selfish dread of the consequences. He didn't repent. He regretted what he had done, but he didn't repent and he brought he, look with little more than a selfish dread of the consequences Judas brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders saying I have sinned in betraying innocent blood they replied what is that to us see to it yourself and uh, and of course uh, Judas you know he threw the money in there and it was prophesied in the book of Zechariah that he would do that and so forth and so on uh, now, it's interesting. So he didn't repent like Peter did. He regret, he had remorse. It's interesting. A question comes up. Why did Judas regret what he had done? Now, I can only speculate. So this is just speculation. Uh, but perhaps he didn't think Jesus would actually be arrested because the Bible says when he saw that Jesus was condemned, then, uh, he, uh, he regretted what he, did, what he had done. He, went, he, he tried to reverse the deal and, and here's the money back and all of that. Why did he regret? And I can only speculate, but perhaps he didn't think Jesus would actually be arrested. You know, he'd, he, he saw Jesus avoid these situations before when, you know, when people came to take him. He'd see Jesus just walk right through the midst of them. And actually, when Judas brought the uh, authorities out to the Garden of Gethsemane, remember when Jesus said, I am. And remember, they all fell backward onto the ground. You know, the power of God just knocked them all down. Possible that Judas thought that Jesus was going to walk out of this one also. But this time was different. He didn't. And they took him. And they took Jesus and arrested him. And when Judas saw that, it's clear to me there was there was some some surprise in Judas there. And, you know, and, and he he's trying to call the thing off, return the money and whatnot uh, and, they, and so forth. Uh, you know, I can only speculate, you know, maybe he was just he just wanted to get that money, that 30 pieces of silver and see Jesus walk walk free like he had so many other times when they came to take. Him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but, uh, but, but what I do know is that he did not repent for what he had done. He regretted it. Okay? I do know that. And then in verse 5, Matthew 27, 5, Amplified Classic, and casting the pieces of silver forward into the holy place of the sanctuary of the temple, Zechariah prophesied that, and here we see it's happening. Judas departed, And he went off and hanged himself. So he went off and committed suicide. Now, instead of repenting like Peter did, Judas committed suicide. Now, that's sad, isn't it? Now, he could have repented. Absolutely. Just like Peter repented, Judas could have repented. Absolutely he had the free will. We talked about this last time. He had the free will to repent. He could have repented. Absolutely he could have, but he didn't. Well, somebody says, well, yeah, but it was written in the Old Testament that that he he, you know, that, 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 he was going to be the betrayer and all of that. And so it was just written that, you know, and it was sealed and that he, he had no uh, control over what he did. He, you know, he, 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 he couldn't have repented, blah, 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 blah. We talked about this last time. So if you missed that, go back when I gave the lesson of predestination. Go back and listen to the, the session right before this and you'll see that yes, it was prophesied that he would betray Jesus and all of that, but It was from God's foreknowledge. God knew what he was going to do before he did it, but God gave him the free will to operate however he wanted to, just like he's given you and me free will, and Judas could have went out and repented, just like Peter did, but he did not. Instead, he went out of his own free will with remorse in his heart, not regret, and he committed suicide. Now, it's interesting and we learn a lesson and all oh, listen carefully. From this, we learn that Satan is a user and a murderer. Remember Satan? Remember we just talked about how he entertained Satan's thoughts over a period of time. Those thoughts got down in his heart and he got to a point where he allowed Satan to enter him. And Satan entered him and he betrayed Jesus. And it's interesting that that after Satan used, the devil's a user. I have no use for the devil. I, I I have no use for the devil. None. He's a criminal. He's a murderer. He's a killer. And what he did is he used Judas. Now, Judas was a betrayer. He was an unsavory individual and all of that. But Jesus died for Judas just like he died for Peter and you and me. Unfortunate, Judas didn't take advantage of it. But nonetheless, what we learn about Satan is that he used Judas. He used him to betray Jesus. And when when the devil was done with Judas, he discarded him and drove him to commit suicide. And that's what happened. Now, Judas went and committed suicide. He went and did it. But the devil, you can see the devil had entered him. The devil was playing a role in that, I'm convinced. Absolutely. And, uh, and yes, Judas, again, was an unsavory individual. And, and, we, and the devil is the most unsavory. Uh, remember this, there's no honor among thieves. The devil's a thief. The Bible said Judas was a thief. You know, and then when you get them, when you get them in cahoots, you, you got really a bad deal. And, but there's no honor among thieves. But the point is, learn <laughs> a lesson about the devil. He used Judas for his own means. Judas cooperated, absolutely. I'm not saying Judas, you know, was innocent in any way. He cooperated with the devil, two unsavory individuals. Uh, but then the devil used him discarded him and drove him to suicide and Judas went right along with it and went to hell. The Bible's clear. Isn't that sad? Learn a lesson. Learn a lesson about the devil. He'll use you, he'll abuse you and then he'll discard you. Don't cooperate him. Give him no place. Keep him under your feet. If you're born again, you know Jesus. The Bible says that the devil's, Jesus put him under our feet when, when Jesus was raised from the dead and you just keep him there. Glory to God, all right? And give him no place. Now, go to Acts, the first chapter. As I begin to close this down, look at Acts, the first chapter, verse 20. Peter speaks about Judas. Right before the day of Pentecost in verse 20, it says, for it's written in the book of Psalms, let his, now this is after Judas, Judas had committed suicide and all of that. And, uh, uh, for it's written in the book of Psalms, this is Acts 120, let his dwelling p- place be desolate and let no one live in it and let another take his office. In verse twenty five, to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place, I believe that's making reference to hell. And they cast their lots; these these eleven apostles cast their lots. The lots fell on Math, uh, Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. So this Matthias took Judas's place, in line with scripture in the book of psalms but here's a lesson oh listen to this listen carefully lesson to learn here from judas if you don't finish your course for the lord jesus someone else will oh that's powerful that is powerful if you don't finish your course for the lord jesus someone else will and see judas did not finish his course for the Lord Jesus he he didn't have to betray him but he did of his own free will and I've made that very clear in the lesson on predestination here and he did not finish his course absolutely not and uh, but Matthias did see if you won't finish your course for the Lord Jesus someone else will learn this lesson from Judas don't let somebody else finish your your race for the Lord You finish it. You finish what God has called you to do. But if you won't, someone else will. Okay, don't ever forget that. If if we won't finish what God has for us, God will have to get somebody else to do it. So just learn a lesson here and finish it. And you'll be glad you did. Now, let me close with this. The last lesson here that I have on Judas. And here it is. Can you call Jesus? your lord can you call jesus your lord now watch this matthew 26 verse 20 at the last supper says when evening had come he sat down with the 12 matthew 26 20 and as they were eating he said "Assuredly, i say to you one of you will betray me and they were exceedingly sorrowful and each of them began to say to him, now listen to this, each of his disciples in turn began to say to Jesus, Lord, is it I? Now, 11 of them called Jesus Lord. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Talking about Jesus. Okay? And, uh, and, and if we'll uh, confess with our mouth, Jesus as Lord, and believe in our hearts, God's raised him from the dead, will be saved, saved from hell. Glory to God. And all 11 at the Last Supper, 11 of the apostles, all 11 of them, they called Jesus Lord. Okay? Now watch this. They, each of them said, Lord, is it I? Am I the one that's going to betray you? But they, they 11 of them called Jesus Lord. He was their Lord. And he answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him, but woe to the man of whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Now watch this. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, now notice what he said. What did he call him? Look in your Bible. Look in your Bible. Matthew 26, verse 25. What did Judas call Jesus? What did he call him? What did Judas call Jesus? I want you to get this. What did Judas call Jesus? He did not call him Lord. Like the other 11, he called him rabbi or teacher. Is it I? And Jesus said to him, you have said it. He couldn't call Jesus Lord. You studied out in the Greek, the Greek language. He couldn't, like the other 11, he couldn't call Jesus Lord, he called him, he called him the English, some of the translations translate it master, but it's really rabbi, Rabbi or teacher. See, he saw Jesus as a teacher. Many people see Jesus as a teacher, but that won't get you saved. Many see people, many people see Jesus as a good teacher. That won't get you saved. Many people see Jesus as a good man. That won't get you saved. Many see Jesus as a, as a prophet. That won't get you saved. Many see Jesus as a, as a miracle worker and all of that. That won't get you saved. There's only one thing that'll get you saved is if you will see Jesus and receive 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 him as your Lord, like these other 11 did. And Judas couldn't do it. He was never a saved man. He never was. Jesus said that he wasn't clean when he was washing the disciples' feet and all that. He said, one of you is not clean, the one that betrayed him. So Judas was never a saved individual. He could have been. He could have been absolutely but of his own free will, he never got saved. Isn't that sad lesson? Can you call Jesus and mean it, your Lord? Have you made him the Lord of your life like these other 11, including Peter, James, and John, and, 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 so, and Thomas, and these others? But Judas never did And I think perhaps the most sobering lesson of all from Judas Iscariot, and I stated it earlier, but I'm going to say it again, is this right here. It's possible to walk with Jesus like Judas did, know who Jesus is like Judas did, serve Jesus like Judas did, receive communion at the Last Supper like Judas did. He operated under the power of God. He cast out demons, we see that in the Bible, and did all those things. Was a treasurer, did all that. Oh, he was a thief, but he did all that. Do all that. This is the most sobering thing, I think, and scary thing. Do all those things and wind up going to hell. And why is it? Because he was he never made Jesus. The Lord of his life. So as I close this, I want to ask you, can you call Jesus your Lord and mean it from your heart? Okay? And not just call him Lord, but then does your life show forth fruit of that in what you do and how you live? So I want to ask you again, can you call Jesus the Lord of your life? If you can, great. But if you can't, now would be a good time to repent of your sins. And and cry out to the Lord Jesus and be like these other 11 and call him Lord. And believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead and confess him as your Lord. In a a moment's time, faster than I can snap my finger, you'll get born again. You'll miss hell. Judas went to hell. You don't have to go to hell. You can miss it by making... See, Judas... Never made Jesus Lord. He went to hell. You can change it. You can change your destiny. Uh, you don't have to go to hell. Accept Jesus. Receive him. Make him your Lord. You'll miss hell. You'll make heaven. And he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. Well, I tell you what. I hope you learned some things from Judas and next week, we're going to go on in this series and we're going to pick up with uh, one of the other apostles and just move on. And I've got some good things coming. I'm telling you, to I think they've already been good, but I think they just keep getting gooder and gooder. So God bless you. Hope you're enjoying this. I hope the Spirit of God's showing you some things and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.